You are listening to episode 15 of the EU Startups Podcast and today we're literally talking about some hot topics with the founders of the sex tech startups Beducated and Mjoy. For today's episode of the EU Startups podcast, we're talking with two top European founders of prominent sex tech startups about how they've grown their companies, the effect of the pandemic on the industry, and what they predict for the sector in 2021 and over the next few years. So we're lucky to be joined by Andrea Oliver, who is the co-founder and CEO of Mjoy, a Barcelona-based startup that offers an audio guide for intimate well-being, which was founded in 2019, and also Phil Steinweiber, who is a co-founder and CEO of Beducated, a Munich-based startup founded in 2015, which offers educational inspirational courses. So hello, Andrea and Phil. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. So our first question for you is all about the story of how you began your companies. So maybe you could both tell us a little bit about how and why you started and Maybe you could tell us also a bit more about what your products and services are and something about your team. Maybe, Andrea, you'd like to go first? Perfect. Thank you so much, uh, Charlotte, for having us today. Um, so sure, I'd love to share my experience. So the inspiration for Mjoy um, came to place about two and a half years ago now. Even though we started in 2019, you, you first start researching and, and thinking about the idea uh, a few months in advance, I guess. And... The inspiration for starting Mjoy um, was based on my personal experience and also the experiences of many girlfriends of mine. Um, in our case, uh, many of us had normalized and not climaxing, not climaxing when having sexual encounters. And we were when we were speaking about this, it's like, how come we have normalized such a thing, right? And 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 this is how I began I began researching, and and the idea of Mjoy came to place. Um, because I came across different studies. Uh, one of them is the pleasure gap study. And uh, the pleasure gap study is a study telling you how 95% of heterosexual men came in their past sexual encounter compared to only around 60% of women. And some other studies showing that 40% of women have some, some sort of sexual dysfunction. This is a very ugly word, but one of the most common sexual dysfunctions among women, for instance, is having low sex drive. And I, previously to starting MJOY, I was working in the venture capital industry. I had been working in VC for the past four years, and I had seen the success of startups in the mental health and in the fitness space, such as meditation apps and, and so on. And back in the day, I was shocked not to find an app uh, focusing specifically on, on female sexual well-being. And, and this is how the, the whole idea came to place. And that's um, that's when I decided to quit my job in, in VC to start MJOY beginnings of 2019. And so what we do in a nutshell, uh, we're a well-being app with all our content in audio and we focus on female pleasure. Um, in fact, our main use cases are women wanting to discover their bodies and learning what they like. They also want to gain or regain confidence in their sex lives. And finally, they are also looking for a tool to get in the mood. 
And basically, we do this uh, through guided exercises that we do with our in-house sex therapists and, and sexual well-being experts and with our erotic stories. And yeah, this is basically what we do. So we want to normalize female sexual well-being uh, because we believe that every woman has the right to experience pleasure. And, and we do that through content in audio. And even though we're based in Barcelona, as you mentioned, our uh, two main markets are the US and, in, and, and the UK. Great, thank you. That was a really good and comprehensive introduction. Thank you. Um, Phil, maybe you could tell us about Beducated? Mm -hmm. Happy to. Thanks. We started out, my, my co-founder happens to be my wife. So we started out as a, a couple discovering our own sexuality, really, uh, first thing. Um, we are together since, since our early 20s um, and uh, at a stage came to a point where we said, hey, um, well, other people just kind of date other people now, but we are happily together in a relationship. So how else can we spice things up and learn new things? So we went on a, on a discovery journey ourselves. And um, while doing that, we realized that working on our sexuality and, and trying out different things uh, really is a, a tool for, for personal growth ultimately. So it, it made a real impact to our personal well-being, learning those things. Um, and that brought uh, my wife, Mariah, uh, very early, already in 2014, um, on, the, on the path of first blogging about it, then becoming a sex coach herself after she had so many uh, requests and got tractions on her blog and on her basically influencer activities there. Um, but eventually we decided we, we join uh, forces. I have a more of a media um, and marketing background. Um, and we started Beducated in 2019 um, and since then are uh, focusing on supporting individuals and couples in improving their sexual happiness. Um, and our product basically is the, the Netflix for sexual wellness, if you want. So we offer a, a subscription service and uh, behind the paywall, you have access to various trainings and courses around the topics of sexuality and everything that's uh, teachable in this realm. So you can imagine it from, from BDSM uh, rope tying courses to central massage and everything in between. Great, thank you so much. So now I was thinking that we could um, dive a bit into the experience of your companies over lockdown, because um, I mean, since almost a year now, maybe more than a year, um, many countries in Europe and around the world, as we know, have been locked down. And the consensus is that the, the sex tech industry has um, experienced a boom. So I wanted to ask you about this in relation to your company specifically and how COVID has affected the growth of your company and, and what you've noticed with your customers? Generally, there was an uptrend in online, uh, spending time in front of screen, online consuming of, of online content, um, which is particularly uh, an uptrend also for, for the digital products like uh, Andreas and, and Beducated, like Mtra and Beducated. Um, we did see a lot of the physical toy industry, so the sex toys, um, doing a lot of PR around how 10x their numbers and, and how, how all that grew. Um, we didn't see such a strong impact for ourselves. Uh, and our assumption is that 
it also has been a difficult time for relationships and families. Um, so it's not all that everyone mm -hmm. has has more time, but uh, families and relationships are struggling um, due to um, kids being at home. So where do you have space for intimacy in, in a scenario like that? Um, and on the on the singles individual side, um, the whole dating has become very difficult, as we know, um, and uh, also there, uh, not much interaction is happening, and we focus a lot on relating intimately to others in our product so um, that's maybe one explanation is that those couple and yeah relating with each other companies and products are not having such a high uptrend as the the toys which are like very often used by singles i assume um, that's one one thought i have on this but i'm, I'm sure andrea has to add something from her perspective Yeah, in, in fact, I love it because I realized that uh, we are in the exact same space, which is sexual well-being, but I realized that our audiences and use cases are, are a bit different. And I thought we were pretty similar, but I'm realizing now that, that it's a bit different I, I, and I'm going to explain now because most of our audience, of course, all of them are, are women, but most of them are single. <laughs> and, and, and it's had an impact during, during the pandemic because since half of our audience is, was single, most of our audience are women in their 20s as well. Um, so I feel that our users, um, like the lockdown brought more attention to self-pleasure and the importance of it, I, I believe. And as I mentioned previously, our main use case around uh, discovering yourself, bringing awareness to your uh, to your uh, wants and needs, um, exploring what you like, your body, and, and so on. So uh, for us, uh, the pandemic was pretty beneficial in this sense. We we saw the usage of the app, um, it doubled. And by that, I mean the time that our users spent on the app was uh, twice as much during the months of March till June than uh, comparing that to, to previous months. We also saw our paying subscriptions triple during those two months, which was something crazy. And one trend that we realize, um, and this is something, as I was mentioning, we have well-being content that we produce with in-house our in-house sex therapists and experts, but then we also have erotic stories. And usually what we've seen is that our users consume both type of contents in a pretty similar way. Um, our users listen to about four or five audio sessions per week, and it's equally split between well-being and erotic stories. But during lockdown, we saw that our users were listening to way more erotic stories than well-being content. Um, because I feel that they might be a bit bored at home and maybe they were looking to be entertained uh, rather than, than working on self-improvement goals and, and so on. So those were the, the, the little things we, we saw during those months. Mm, that's really interesting. So it's maybe important to think about when we talk about growth in the industry to, to maybe segment it further and, and say, are we looking at products that are for couples or products that are for people who are single um, and also relating to what kind of topic the, the product is relating to, right? Um, so maybe actually following on from that, um, thinking about the, the main interest areas that you've seen, Andrea, you also just mentioned that um, there are certain topics that people have been inter interested in these, these months. What do you think about um, interest relating to um, just general 
mental health in relation to wellness or um, educational content? Is, is there anything, any insights that you have around those topics? Um, sure. And since I was talking about this, maybe I can I can finish. Um, mm -hmm. So when we first launched, um, initially, I thought um, that women in their 30s and 40s would use us with a so-called sexual dysfunction that had been in a long-term relationship for a while, that they would have a partner. So th that was the audience that we had in mind when we launched about 13 or 14 months ago. And, and what happened was a bit different. This is funny, you know, how you envision something and then when you launch, it's actually something completely different. Um, because as I was mentioning, our audience is way younger than we thought. Most of them are in their 20s, some of them early 30s. Um, over half of them are single. And another thing, um, which is also quite interesting through user interviews and surveys that we have done, is that most of our users do not have a sexual dysfunction. So like all mm -hmm. the, the hypotheses we had at the beginning were, were a bit wrong. And basically the reason why they are using MJOY is because they they want to experience pleasure uh, through our well-being content and the erotic stories. So our most popular content within all the subjects that we have um, is content around self-pleasure and that lets women uh, discover themselves. Like we have guided um, masturbation practices in which they can explore themselves and find out, okay, do I like more pressure, less pressure, and, and, and these sort of things. And then the erotic stories are, are extremely popular as well. Mm, that's really interesting. Um, Phil, do you have any insights related to educated? Mm -hmm. So our students, and already the term gives it away, kind of, uh, mm -hmm. are really interested in learning something new. Um, so we are an alternative to visiting a BDSM workshop in a Berlin basement or a, a Tantra course in Bali or um, those kinds of experiences. And we offer mm -hmm. um, doing something like this in front of your phone or computer um, and therefore making it yeah obviously much easier to access and 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 honoring the whole consent and um yeah tricky subjects that are sometimes involved in workshops like this uh, also in a very comfortable and safe way so we are a very safe space like the if something weird happens you can close the browser tab um and you've left the workshop so to speak but mm -hmm. of course nothing weird happens but that's kind of the safety that also mm -hmm. our our uh, students are looking for um and basically their motivation is um yeah improving their love making skills ultimately learning something new maybe surprising their partner spicing up things a little um and as opposed to uh, M-Choice audience, the educated audience typically is in a relationship, as we already said. And uh, from what I've heard now, uh, also on average, slightly older. So uh, starting at 30 years, roughly, people um, start to, yeah, maybe also in our experience, obviously, but they, they start to admit that they don't know everything there. Um, in in the twenties, mm -hmm. typically it's a it's an age of exploration, and everything that you try out is uh, pretty exciting already for the sake of trying it out, maybe the first time or with a new partner. Um, so we are um, yeah targeting it's maybe the wrong word, but uh, are a good fit for uh, longer term relationships, um, and and a lot of our customers are in that base. That being said, uh, we offer something for everyone we have also singles uh, in our um 
in our client portfolio by one third um, also. So not that it's only a few. And, and we also have self-discovery and exploration as, as something that people ask us for. But I think it's a, it's a nice uh, distinction from um, what Andrea just just shared. Really interesting to see that mm -hmm. there's, it's so multifaceted and there's so, so yeah, it's, it's such a, an unclaimed space there are so many audiences and, and different desires that can still be addressed by a multitude of companies and, and brands and platforms. It's mm, nice to yeah, see. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so I wanted to talk about uh, now the funding of your companies. Um, so I know that Enjoy has um, secured funding in 2019 and 2020 and educated in 2019 as well. So I wondered if you could tell us a bit about your funding strategies, maybe perhaps um, whether um, you had um, decided really on the timing of those funding rounds in relation to um, growth that you wanted to achieve, um, whether you have any um, upcoming funding rounds that you're, um, that you're going to announce soon, and whether you have any advice for other European sex tech startups that are potentially looking for funding or thinking about how to strategize this part of their business. So maybe Andrea, you could go first. Sure. Um, since I come from a VC background, if I speak too much, please cut me because <laughs> I can speak about funding for hours. But um, so in our case, uh, to start the operations of MJ, we started with a very small convertible note from Business Angels. Um, we raised 75,000 euro. And with this, we managed to do the first audios, the, the first prototype and so on. And that first year, um, we closed a pre-seed round led by Nauta. Nauta is the fund where I was previously working for. So this was amazing because I already had like a really good relationship with the fund. They knew the story from MJOY since the very beginning. And back in June 2019, we raised 1 million euros. And as you mentioned now, in September, actually uh, August, September, we closed our seed round of 2.5 million euros. And about the seed round, um, we still had runway, so I could have, uh, we could have raised money in 2021. But since I started seeing what was happening with the pandemic, I thought, Oi, maybe this is going to take way longer than usually. Usually you would need between two and six months to raise one round. But given that we couldn't travel, that funds were maybe investing in existing portfolio companies that needed the money rather than new investments, I, I decided to start reaching out to funds sooner than I had planned. And since we had experienced that growth uh, during lockdown, that was also pretty convenient. So that's how we, we managed to raise um the 2.5 uh, seed round and we will have plans of fundraising again but since we just closed this round thank god we have now 18 or 24 months to to focus only on the business um, and because when you're fundraising and this is one advice for founders as the ceo um, it takes a lot of time from you and something that has happened to me uh, raising for a sex tech company is that um, i have come across many funds that consider as pornography. And if there is nothing wrong with pornography, but if you consider MJOY a porn company, you haven't understand much of, of what we do. But we came across several funds that consider us to be pornography. And after several interactions with us, several calls, several data requests, they 
suddenly said, hey, sorry, we just checked internally with our LPs or our legal team, and we don't want to invest in the space or we cannot invest in the space. So my number one advice for founders in the sex tech space would be to be very upfront about what they do, like maybe have an introduction call, but until they don't get like a clear um a clear statement from the VC or the fund telling them, hey, we have checked and there is no problem with us investing in this space, I, I would be careful because in, in my case, I've lost a lot of time sometimes with funds that in the end, they were not allowed to, to invest in our space. And that was very frustrating. And another advice or thing that um, a, a sex tech founder might expect is that um, you need to educate a lot during the fundraising process because for us, like the main message that we're trying to put out there, and I think that with Feel and Beducated, it's the same, it's that sexual well-being is part of your general health and well-being. And once you understand that, uh, you see what we do in a different light. But until you get to that point, there is some explaining and education you need to do uh, to investors. And, and that's normal. So maybe you need to be a bit more patient than if you were a founder in another industry. That's those are really good piece of advice. I suppose that um, startups in this sector have another hoop to jump through, um, another challenge, which maybe startups in other areas they don't have, which, as you said, is to actually educate and have to um, explain what the product is and where this fits. Um, so, yeah, thank you for those tips. Um, Phil, did you have any anything you would like to say? Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I think what Andrea said is is great, and I can agree uh, to to everything. Even though my experience uh, is less, uh, especially with with venture capital, um, than than she has, obviously. Um, I I would say that the the disadvantages that that our industry has, uh, of course, in the same time has advantages. So it's uh, the fact that a lot of investors are afraid of taking on that topic um, also means that it's an underfunded market uh, and there are a lot of opportunities um, for yeah, companies becoming really professional um, as opposed to like 10 years ago when there was no professional money, no no um, venture money in, in that industry at all. Um, I think the landscape shifted a lot and the investors that are courageous um, and are part of this, they will no doubt benefit from, from that um, as they have spotted an, an underfunded market with a lot of opportunities. Um, so I, that's also what I would recommend the uh, everyone starting a startup in this industry, finding the people that have the courage and also using that as an argument uh, that this is an underfunded market and the uh, yeah and also a very um, yes yeah, st still to be discovered market like we are not competing with each other. There are so, so many people that still need to learn about the advantages of dealing with this aspect in their life of educating themselves of, of um, becoming more conscious about their needs and desires so it's it's uh i i see a lot of opportunities but uh, of course what andrea said is totally right that uh, in practice um, it can be exhausting um, and you should plan in a little bit more time it's not like a <laughs> it's a very sexy topic but for investors it's not necessarily making it sexier um shortly mm -hmm. to our approach um, we uh, did an angel seed round, basically, as a small one in 2019. We raised 500,000 euros from uh, different angel investors. 
um, mainly based in Berlin and um, always have the strategy of, yeah, we can call it fun strapping, I guess. Um, so we do have a bit of a bootstrapping um, background and also with the the capital that we got in, we uh, are yeah not building a rocket that either crashes or uh, goes to the moon, but something um, we want to build something sustainable, which in practice means we are uh, keeping our burn rate under control so that we um, make sure we exist as soon as the timing is perfect for mass adoption. Um, because I think it's pretty much a, a timing game when the first big VCs on the one hand are open for this topic. And I, I see, I personally see a lot of progress happening there. Um, and on the other side, of course, also when the customers are, are ready to tackle this um, in, in a mainstream um, adoption um, and not only like the, the super interested niche is, is ready for those topics and, and products. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting yeah, what you said about um, how you can also point out the opportunity, the, the blue sky opportunity in this sector. And um, yeah, it's a very good tip. Thank you. Um, so thinking about the industry in a whole, um, do you have any uh, predictions for how this, how the, the funding landscape you think might change in 2021 and beyond? Do you, do you foresee that there will be many many um startups in this industry popping up or um do you think that um still people really need a lot of convincing and you don't see um you don't see many new companies starting in this in the sector in in a, the next year or two what, what do you think sure I, I can go ahead if you want sometimes i'm afraid of doing predictions because you listen to them after one year and you say oh my god how could i say all those things none of them have happened but I'll, I'll, I'll try to, to, to do my best. Um, so I think that um, lockdown and the global pandemic no, has brought to light the importance of self-care. And I think this is also true for sexual well-being. So I expect more companies within the sexual well-being arena to, to join the space, um, which is like, a, I would say a, a, a pretty new category with, within sex tech, because if I look at sex tech the past 10 or 15 years, most companies have been focusing on sexual pleasure and enhancement, toys and so on. And very recently, we are, we are seeing companies such as Beducated, ourselves and others joining the space from a well-being angle, like you can work on your sexuality from a psychological point of view, not only a pleasure enhancement one. So I expect this trend to continue. So probably we will see more companies joining the space and more funding um, getting into the space. And then we have a saying in Spanish that it's like everyone is sweeping to his or her own house. And in my case, I believe that audio, um, it's it's continue it's going to continue being a big trend uh, in our case audio erotica or audio sexual well-being because we're seeing this as well uh, with the race of podcasts and um, of audio streaming platforms now we've seen the rise of clubhouse as well so i, I feel that audio um, is going to be one of the main entertainment categories during this year and of course that of course i believe that companies within the sex tech um, industry doing audio will will benefit from from this trend as well Thank you, Phil. Do you have any any predictions for 2021? Yeah, I think 
again, what Andrea said is great, especially the audio trend um, is, is very uh, visible. Uh, I agree. I'm a bit jealous that <laughs> MJ already has more of that than we have. Um, uh, I think one, one other thing where I, maybe, maybe let's make it a, a, a wish, a wish rather than a prediction. I would love to see more and, and, I, in a way, I predict this to happen. I'm not sure in 2021. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see more openness uh, in the big American platforms that are um, responsible for uh, yeah, customer acquisition for many companies. <laughs> so what I want to say is we, we'd love to be able to have more possibilities to advertise the message of sexual well-being and, and happy relationships to uh, 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 in channels like Google and Facebook ads, and and I think it needs to happen that they, as well as the VC side on the other side, uh, need more boxes for sexuality. Meaning we are put in the same box like pornography, uh, sexual services, etc. Um, even though I think it's a much um, or a very different approach. Um, that we have there, not that there's anything wrong with the others. Um, I, I understand that Facebook doesn't accept pornography as a as a, a product for advertising. However, yeah, th that's one thing that that I hope, or at least uh, I hope, more clarity will be there. What's allowed uh, and and what's not allowed, because that's very arbitrary sometimes. Um, and that's also connected to how many startups and especially successful startups we'll see in that space. Because in, in our experience, at least, I, I would be curious what Andrea has to say. Um, in our experience, customer acquisition is the most tricky part uh, in, in starting a, a company in that field at the moment. And prediction slash hope, that will become a lot easier in the future. Mm, yes. The, the biggest that we have as well. Um, so I think it's great to, to talk about this because um, at the very beginning, when I, until summer past year, we were acquiring most of our users through Facebook and Instagram ads. And very recently, a few months ago, the whole category was banned from Facebook and Instagram. So um, this is, I, I think that at some point, I've, I've thought about this in the past, like coming together, like a few sexual well-being companies and doing like a small lobby or a small campaign against this, because this is, I agree that the biggest challenge for us is customer acquisition. And you, you need to be more creative from day, day zero, like doing partnerships or influencer marketing or affiliate marketing. So you need to think more out of the box uh, rather than no, um, turning on the engine of ads. It, it doesn't work like that for us. Yeah, I totally agree, Andrea. And I'd love to have a conversation about this, how we can all collaborate in this space to yeah, raise our voice there. Um, couple of ideas brainstormed with other founders and I'm, I'm happy to kind of yeah have an ongoing conversation there and um, I, I think our voices need to be heard <laughs> perfect that's very exciting so maybe this this podcast is the beginning of the first sex tech lobbying <laughs> organization <laughs> and you actually um at EU startups we have spoken about this topic with a few other founders so after the podcast we'll maybe put you in touch with them um, so you can organize. That's very exciting. Awesome. 
Um, so final question for you both. Um, what are your plans for, for this year in terms of your company? What's on what's on the cards for Beducated and Mjoy? Are you are you going to be expanding in specific ways? Um, what, what what do you have plans? Um, maybe Beducated, you could go first. Mm -hmm. So we'll most likely double our headcount in 2021 um, and so, so have a much larger team to have more impact and spread the message of sexual happiness even more. And we are about to relaunch our app, which is a web app, uh, not to be mixed up with an app store app, but we still call it app. Um, so basically relaunch our whole tech and our whole um, backend experience for the user. Um, and on top of that, we keep releasing a ton of new courses uh, and trainings uh, on our platform and also we'll have new Beducated originals on there um, soonish. And MJ? Sure. Um, in our case, um, similar in terms of expanding the content library. So at the moment, we have around 250 audios. The plan would be to finish the year with around 400 audios because we have users finishing all the audios and it's like, oh my God, we need we need to do more content. So this is uh, one, one big thing for us this year. And then another very important thing for us is that we don't want to be a content repository only. And what I mean by that is that in our app, uh, we have tried with experiment with product features that can create habits. So we have, for instance, like a small feature in which users can come to the app and write every day so that they can create a, a specific habit. We have in-app tests. Uh, we have a progress tracker. So there are some product features and, and we just hired, um, I'm super happy, she started working uh, with us this week, the head of product of Bumble. And the idea this year um is to continue working on the product, not only content, uh, so that uh, through the app, we can also um, go hand in hand with our users to achieve their self-improvement goals. And then there are some plans which we're considering, uh, we're considering translating uh, MJOY to Spanish as well, because all of us are based here in Barcelona. We have um, all of the scripts already in Spanish, and we decided to start in English-speaking markets first because we knew that those markets uh, convert better to paying users and maybe they're a bit more open-minded than Spanish-speaking markets, but we were very serious about uh, translating MJOY to Spanish and hopefully this is something that, that will happen um, by the end of this year. And then like uh, uh, the last thing I wanted to say as well is that um, we're trying, we're working on being a bit more inclusive um, because we have had feedback uh, from women who are trans women um, who didn't feel included with our content because as I was mentioning, we have many guided practices that actually talk about the vulva and the vagina. And if you're a woman, you consider yourself a woman, but don't, do not have a vulva and a vagina, that can be pretty bad for you. You can have a pretty, a pretty bad experience from listening to the app. So um, this month, uh, which is uh, the 31st of man March is Trans Visibility Day, we are releasing a new section within the app, which we're calling gender neutral, so that women that do not have a vulva and a vagina can also feel included and in, in safe uh, listening to our content. That's very good news. So we have some exciting content from both companies and some exciting features are coming out. And it sounds like you're both um, also taking on, you know, trends, um, important trends like inclusivity. So that's, that's really positive. So... 
Um, so we wish you the best of luck and do keep us in, in mind when you're um, announcing things to tell us on EU startups and we'll be happy to support you. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us. It's been a really interesting conversation. Thanks for having us. Thank Pleasure. you. <laughs> cool. Bye.